0: Welcome to the latest Lancet Respiratory Medicine podcast. It's November the 14th, and today we're discussing a new paper on lung function in early adulthood and health in later life. Gavin Cleaver had the pleasure of discussing this paper with one of the authors, Alvar Augusti, and here he is introducing himself.
1: My name is Alvar Augusti. I am a pulmonologist uh, working in hospital clinic in Barcelona. My main field of interest is COPD, and uh, particularly the, in terms of translation research in COPD, trying to understand some basic mechanisms and uh, their translation into
0: clinical problems. Well, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. So you conducted a study looking at lung function in early adulthood and certain outcomes in later life. What made you decide to investigate this issue in the first place?
1: Well, uh, actually, it is a kind of follow-up of a previous paper that we published uh, in 2015, a couple of years ago, in the New England Journal of Medicine. There, we showed that about half of the COPD patients um, actually had never developed their lungs properly when they were uh, relatively young, let's say around 30s or 40s. So, we would like to go from that observation and trying to explore the hypothesis that if for whatever reason, and this can be, can be environmental or, or genetic, an individual does not develop the lungs properly in early adulthood, then it seems it to us likely that other organs uh, might have also developed poorly in the same individuals. So if that was the case, we should uh, expect that these, we call them low individuals, low lung function in early adulthood, might not only have uh, low lung function, might also have some evidence of um, subclinical, if you wish, comorbidities in early life, but an um, earlier and kind of enhanced incidence of comorbidities during uh, their life, it may even uh, some uh, excess mortality or premature mortality. That was the hypothesis that we wanted to explore in this paper, and to our great surprise, the hypothesis seems to be correct.
0: Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the data sets that you used in this particular analysis and the kinds of participants who, who were involved as well. Yeah, to, to explore these hypotheses, we used um, three large cohorts which
1: are publicly available from DBGAP. One of them was the Framingham Offspring Cohort. Uh, This is a large cohort of about 5,000 participants, general population, recruited in the city of Framingham, near Boston, in uh, the late 70s, but followed for almost 40 years. Uh, We also use, as a kind of um, a validation cohort, Uh, another independent cohort called CARDIA, which is also composed by men and women, uh, Caucasian and black uh, participants in another uh, study in the U.S., followed by a relatively shorter period of time, let's say 20 years. And then, in order to explore the potential reproducibility of the findings uh, transgenerationally, we explore a third cohort called Gene 3, which is composed by the direct descendants of the participants in Framingham. So, all in all, that provides us with the possibility of do some cross-sectional analysis at early adulthood uh, to follow them uh, during at least 20 years or more in, the, in Framingham and. Oh, cardiac cohort, not in the gene 3 one, which is still an ongoing cohort, and then to explore the transgenerational um, reproducibility of observations. So all in all, I think it's a pretty consistent data set.
0: And so you said in, uh, in your answer to the first question, you were quite surprised about your findings generally. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about why that was.
1: Well, I, I was surprised, but um, normally in research, you have a hypothesis, you do some studies and you end up by having to correct the hypothesis, so, uh, which is fine because that is one way to um, kind of explore new um, potential mechanisms. But in this case, uh, when you read the paper, you will see it. The data is extraordinarily consistent with the hypothesis. is consistent within cohorts, for instance, Framingham and Cardia, but it's also consistent transgenerationally. So when I said I was kind of surprised, uh, I meant that um, the consistency of the data is, at least in my mind, quite high.
0: So what are the wider implications of your findings then? And and what studies would you like to see in this area going forward? The implications to me are several fold. First, the study shows,
1: in my mind clearly, that early life events... Uh, are very important determining health later in life. Uh, Particularly in the case of COPD, it shows that COPD not always is a self-inflicted disease caused by tobacco smoking. Of course, tobacco smoking is a key component of the disease. Nobody disputes that. But these data show that there is more than uh, tobacco smoking in the pathogenesis of COPD, and that we will have to start understanding these early life events much better. Another important implication is that if, based on the previous paper in the New England Journal, about half of the COPD patients that we see in the clinic at the age of 60 or 70 had already abnormal lung function when they were young, that clearly opens opportunity for a much early diagnosis and eventually uh, the implementation of some um, prophylactic or uh, even therapeutic measures the The final important implication of our observations I believe is relates to the transgenerational analysis there have been because this suggests that there are common uh, risk factors, which, as we discussed in the paper, can be of environmental and or genetic origin. But the genetic component of COPD has been, so far, very elusive. So understanding in these direct descendants what are the genetic commonalities between or across generations might also um, provide new light in understanding the genetic basis.
0: And so, going forward, what other questions would you like to see answered?
1: The question I'd like to see answered would be, again, several. One, what are the uh, mechanisms of abnormal lung development in in some individuals? Um, How can we identify these individuals when they are old? If we normally, in the clinic, don't have lung function in early adulthood, that requires the identification of biomarkers that can help clinicians um, in the clinic to separate these two groups of patients. Once we are able to do this, I think that um, all clinical trials in COPD will have to be revisited because it is possible that getting COPD because you smoke and literally burn your lungs versus getting COPD because you are, let's say, poorly assembled in early life uh, can be two completely different diseases that might have different prognosis and might require completely different uh, treatment strategies. So I believe that this uh, paper opens uh, many, many relevant questions, and humbly I will say that um, this is a, a game changer. I think that the paradigm of the natural history of CPD will have to be seriously reconsidered after it.
0: Yeah, it's a study with some really fascinating implications and one that you can read online now at the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. Dr. Augusti, thank you so much for your time.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much for publishing the paper.